This podcast is proudly brought to you by Australia Lawyers. If you need legal information or fast access to Australia's leading lawyers, visit australialawyers.com.au. Now, over to Dan for the podcast. Hey, this is Dan, and thanks for tuning in to the podcast where I talk legal stuff with lawyers that I know, like, and trust. I hope you find the information really useful, and if you need legal help, that you reach out to one of these lawyers directly or drop by lawbydan.com, and I can steer you in the right direction. Here is your podcast. Crucial to the extent of compensation that you may receive for an injury in New South Wales is the assessment of your injury or injuries. In this context, it's all about whether the relevant injury is deemed minor or not minor, and everything going forward hinges on this very important determination. To learn more about how all this plays out in a practical sense, I'm with award-winning compensation lawyer Scott Hall-Johnson from Bilby Polden Costello. Scott, what's the objective behind all this? Good morning, Dan. The, the government introduced legislation in 2017 and they sought to distinguish between small or minor injuries and injuries that were going to cause lots of damage and loss. And so they sought to, uh, to implement a distinction between minor injuries and non-minor injuries. So in essence, what is a minor injury as opposed to a non-minor? A minor injury is, is designed to be an injury to a soft tissue. And, and what the government might have been thinking about is, say, for example, a whiplash injury. Uh, and we know that usually, not always, but usually a whiplash injury will resolve within a short period of time. So where you've got you know, an impact to a muscle, um, that, that is probably what the government meant to be as being a minor injury. Now, how does this uh, you know, play out in the context of what may well be a minor injury that might be sort of caused by a traumatic event uh, as opposed to something that becomes more problematic through age? It's a really good point, Dan, because uh, where you've got soft tissues, quite often you can include damage to a disc in the spine, and, and a disc in the spine is a soft tissue. So... The, the legislation intended that all soft tissue injuries be regarded as minor, but then excluded any tear or lesion to any meniscus or tendon or ligament. So um, where you've got a tear of a disc, that's a non-minor injury, and that can be a really significant injury. And so, for example, quite often people will be advised that they may need surgery where they've got a bad rupture to one of their discs. What the legislation tried to do and the early medical assessors did was they said, look, if you've got a damage to a disc in your spine, it's only a minor injury. And of course, we know from experience that when you hurt a disc in your neck or your back, that's not going to lead to minor problems and can quite often lead to protracted pain and disability. Scott, uh, the practical implications of this for a injured person are fairly significant, aren't they? So, you know, if the injury is deemed to be, uh, you know, minor, the compensation that rolls out of that is very, very different to a non-minor, isn't it? It is a very different proposition. The minor injury and non-minor injury test is a gateway provision. And what that means is that if you're assessed as being a minor injury, any entitlement you've got to compensation stops after 26 weeks completely, whereas you're protected 
uh, if your injury is non-minor. You'll have your medical expenses paid for as long as you need them. You'll have any care requirements met for as long as you need them and you'll be entitled to claims your loss of wages, particularly if you weren't at fault in the accident. This was a very important consideration uh, in your recent successful matter of Briggs and IAG. Can we talk about that particular case? Yeah, we certainly can. Thanks, Dan. Mr. Briggs suffered an annular tear, which is a type of a a rupture of one of his discs. And the medical panel, uh, and, and there have been two medical panels now convened, were concerned about whether that tear might have been caused by the accident, that is traumatic, or whether it might have been degenerative, and that is like an age type change. Um, as we age, all of the discs in our back wear out. Uh, and you could probably think a good analogy might be like a beanbag. When you first buy, buy it from the store, it's fairly fluffy, it, it bounces back, and it, and it does those things that a disc is supposed to do, act as a shock absorber in your back. But with the process of time, uh, the disc stops working as well. It, it can, it can um, extrude, it can leak in different ways, and it doesn't bounce back as well. And, and quite often you can find annular tears are caused just by age changes. And so what the appeal panel was concerned with in Mr. Briggs' case was whether the changes in his back were traumatic, caused by the accident, or whether they were just age-related. What the appeal panel did in that case was they said on the most recent scientific evidence, there's no way to formally and, and accurately say whether a change like an annular tear was caused by the trauma or was just age-related, and therefore Mr Briggs hasn't proved to us that that tear was caused by the car accident. The Supreme Court's very critical of that approach, and it said where the scientific consensus is that a change may have been traumatic or it may have been degenerative, then the the appeal panel or the medical assessor is required to work out which one is more likely to be the cause. And if part of the cause was a car accident, then the injury is not minor. Scott, this case emphasises you know, numerous points, but one of which is, is very obvious is the fact that uh, seeking good legal representation and advice in relation to compensation matters generally is just so fundamentally important because you know this this particular case of Briggs and IAG may well have been lost uh, on a on a on a less experienced lawyer, wouldn't it? Dan, the the, the 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 important thing I I believe about these things is there's a crossover between the legal knowledge and the and the medical legal knowledge. And what you need is an experienced lawyer that's got some grasp of the medical issues. We as lawyers aren't doctors and we don't pretend to offer medical opinions, but we've got some idea given experience with the types of issues, the medical issues that can be involved. And and that becomes very important when you're trying to work out what somebody's rights might be. The outcome for Mr Briggs would have been significantly different if the, if the Court of Appeal held the view that it was in fact a, uh, a minor injury as opposed to non-minor, wouldn't it? Mr Briggs would have had no more rights if, if the Supreme Court had said that his injury was minor and the review panel have got it right. As it is, the Supreme Court said that this type of injury may well be traumatic, which is very helpful because we now know that if we can show that a disc was damaged in a car accident, 
that is a non-minor injury. And secondly, the Supreme Court's also directed the medical assessors that they've got to look at causation properly. They've got to consider whether you've got an, when you've got this sort of an injury, whether the car accident can have had a hand to play. And that's really important because the government is trying to weed out smaller claims. And if the medical assessors are trying to do the government's bidding, it's so easy for them, or it would have been so easy for them before, just to say, we don't know what caused the problem. We're throwing our hands up in the air and therefore the injury is minor. Now, we should mention uh, time limits in relation to motor vehicle accidents in New South Wales uh, because uh, they are so important. What are they? Oh, Dan, there are time limits everywhere with the, the Motor Injuries Act. The, the insurer makes a liability decision at six months about whether an injury is minor or not, and there are 28 days to seek an internal review of that decision. There's no science in the internal review. All you've got to do is for the insurer to con- reconsider its decision. Now, once that's done, then you're entitled to go to the Personal Injury Commission and have an independent medical assessor determine the issue if the insurer decides that the injury is minor. And there's no specific time limit in that, but to protect your rights, it needs to be done quickly. And in particular, a claim for damages has got to be filed within three years, so it's important that the minor injury decision be put to bed relatively early. The other factor, of course, is that if the injury is regarded as minor, the insurer will close its file and make no more payments. And so there's no entitlements until that decision is revisited and, and, and sorted out properly. It goes without saying that legal advice at the very earliest uh, opportunity um, is uh, just common sense. It, it is important, Dan, because the sooner we can get onto these things, the more work we can do and, and the better the chances that we can set it right. Scott, thanks for joining me. Thanks for your time. Thanks heaps for listening to this edition of the Law by Dan podcast. If you found it useful, it would be great if you can leave a rating on Spotify or iTunes or whatever the streaming platform is that you're using. Also, if need be, you can reach out to me at lawbydan.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast made possible by Australia Lawyers. For great legal information and fast access to Australia's best lawyers, visit australialawyers.com.au.